Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Merry Christmas! That's my blanket. Merry Christmas! It is um, Christmas on Friday. Today is Tuesday. That makes it three days till Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. I hope everything's working and I hope you are at home watching films and watching telly rather than watching Facebook Live. Who wants to watch Facebook Live? But if you are watching Facebook Live, I'm here and I'm going to answer questions. And uh, I believe I am live on Instagram and on Facebook. I have reason to believe that that is the case. Might be wrong. Who knows? So if you have got any questions about Facebook Live, I mean about plastic surgery, then uh, please feel free to ask. But if you haven't got any questions, sit back and relax because I've got some of my own questions that have been asked already. And uh, here we go. First up. I don't know if you've got any photos, but I, but I um anyway, well let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. What do I need to bring to surgery? Do I need to bring a robe? Come on, did some no one ask that question? That's the people in the office putting that question in. That's the people. Anyway, on oh, my ears aren't on from. Um, yeah, what do you what do you need to bring for surgery? Um, do I need to bring a robe? Well, we've got our own robe. I should have them here, shouldn't I? We've got our own robe, so we'll give you a robe if when you come for surgery at least when you come for a general anesthetic case um so you don't need to bring a robe um because we'll give you one um what do you need to bring well i normally take people to stay over bring stuff to stay plan to stay overnight even if you're a day case toothbrush uh light fitting clothes uh you know tracky bottoms um just to be be a bit uh, aware of the, of the tops that you bring because you don't want to wear put something that has to go over your head if you're having a surgery like a tummy tuck or a breast uh, surgery and it's going to be a bit uncomfortable to put stuff over your head so sort of shirts that do up like this sort of loose fitting um, loose fitting clothes uh, bring a book bring a book it amazes me how many few how few people bring books what's wrong with you people I bought four books today. Yeah, you heard me. Four, four books today. Um, I love it. I love read books. Bring a book. I'd love it. Sit there, read a book because, you know, you you might have a bit of a wait. We try not to make you wait too long, but sometimes you do have to wait a bit before you have your surgery. So bring a book. Well, not only before, but after as well, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, some snacks maybe afterwards. Um yeah. Oh, here we go. Ida here. Good evening. Merry Christmas and kisses to you too. Whoa. Whoa. Saucy. Right. Um, can I, I look a bit of a state, don't I? I haven't been in the last couple of days, so I've let the stubble grow. I'm going in tomorrow, though. I'm going in tomorrow. Can you believe it? What's that? The day before Christmas Eve? Going in tomorrow and I'm going to do some work tomorrow. So um, I will shave and look presentable. But right now, I look a bit of a state watching films. You know what? You know it, you know the score. Um, can I still take my contraceptive pill during surgery? Um, okay, during, so I think you mean before surgery. So during, you wouldn't be taking it during surgery, would you? 
but um, before surgery, yes, you can. Uh, again, I should have a disclaimer. I used to have a disclaimer, didn't I? I'm sure I had a disclaimer that went along the bottom that said, this is just my opinion or something. Anyway, I don't know where that's gone. Anyway, this is just my opinion. So um, you better do what your surgeon says, because some surgeons say to uh, stop the contraceptive pill before having surgery, because it does increase your risk of clots. And so, therefore, they um, they advise you stop it. And I think ideally you want to stop it six weeks before. It's the same with um, HRT. These uh, estrogen-containing uh, medications can increase your risk of, of clotting and, therefore, your risk of, uh, of uh, DVTs and PEs, which are clots in your legs that can fly off into your lungs, um, which is a serious complication. And so that's why people tell you to stop it. I don't tell you to stop it. But, um but I, because if you do tell someone to stop it, then you have to obviously implement alternative forms of contraception. Um, I don't tell you to stop it, <clears throat> but I do, we do a lot of things to reduce your risk of DVT, whether or not you're taking a contraceptive pill uh, in terms of early mobilization, clexane or uh, blood thinners, if you're having bigger ops like tummy tucks, which have got an increased risk of DVTs. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, 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 TED stockings, Photon boots. There's lots of things we do, but mainly keep moving uh, is what uh, is what uh, I do uh, to, to get people up and about quickly. And I don't ask them to stop the contraceptive pill. But as I say, some people do. So check with your surgeon would be my advice there. Um, I'm noticing create Christmas cards. What's that? Oh, what about? Oh, sorry. Make a personalized Christmas video card. Okay, we'll ignore that for now. And the other thing I've noticed is this snowfall. What's that? Ooh, come on, Instagram. Huh? You need to be singing a song. Oh, dear, I do look a mess, don't I? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, in fact, I think my beard's longer than my hair. I think it's fair to say my beard is longer than my hair. Yeah. Anyway, um, right. Well, we've got snowfall on uh, Facebook Live. There's a, there's a snowfall effect. Um, sorry, I, well, I have got effects on Instagram, haven't I? We've got any, uh, got any effects on Instagram, snow, snow type effects? Let's just have a quick look for snow effects. Here we go. There we go. That's a snow effect there. Oh, there we go. There we go. Snow effect on Instagram. Don't feel left out. There we go. There. Oh, battle of the snow. I think that's better. I think Instagram's better. I've got to be honest. Frosting around the side, swirling round, yeah. Still, um, serious Q and A. This, so let's not, uh, you know, let's not bring the tone down. Jackie, Insta oh, Instagram stopped. Oh, look at that. We got people on both sites. That's why the numbers are so high because we got people on both. There's me thinking I had all these followers, and actually, actually, people in both. Is it stop? Is it because I put the snow on, Jackie? Shall I turn the snow off? Hello. Oh, hello. Record and talk to warp your face. No, shall I just turn that off? I don't want to. Don't turn anything on. Can I just turn it off? There you go. Um. Okay. Can I just turn the? Oh my God! What's happened? Right, just turn it off. Right, I've turned it off. I think I've turned it off. So is Instagram back working now, Jackie? Are you working, Instagram? Sorry if it was a snow effect. Stop. There's a snow effect off pudding. Let's turn the snow effect off here. There you go. Countdown. We've got a countdown. Oh. 
Oh, this, this show started, so that's no good, is it? No, we don't want that. Um, okay, so yes, good. Yes. There you go, someone's on Instagram. Look at that's what we need. Two! Oh, we got two on Instagram. Come on, Instagram. Come on. That's what we need. Kelly, love the hat. Merry Christmas to you all, and we'll see you soon. Looking forward to see you soon, Kelly. Yes, I will see you soon, Kelly. And I hope you're all set. I hope you're all, you know... I'll be honest, I've got quite a bit of wrapping to do, personally. Um, but uh, but I think we're I think we're good. So uh, how, right, let's get into the questions now, guys. Come on, put it back, put it back. How long have we done the contraception? How long after BBA surgery can I go on a long haul flight? Um, so that is a good question, and when we get quite a lot because we do uh, operate on people who. Uh, um, you know, um, work on the aeroplanes, although obviously taking a hit, isn't it, the aeroplane industry? Um, yeah, funny question to be asking. Never mind how long after BBA could I go on a long-haul flight. You can't go on a long-haul flight anyway, can you? Can you go on a long-haul flight? I don't think anyone can go on long-haul flights, can they? Do they do long-haul flights? Well, maybe we do, because we're not in proper lockdown, but maybe we do. But the borders will... Anyway... That's outside the remit of this question. We'll stick to the question. So let's assume you can go on long haul flights, which you probably can actually, can't you? It's just during lockdown, it all stopped. Anyway, whatever. It's hard to keep track. I can't be honest. It's hard to keep track of what is legal and what is not legal. I don't know. I'm just worried about doing something and then find out I've done something illegal. I've gone somewhere. I'm going to work tomorrow. I think that's okay. Well, I know that's okay. In fact, I've got a question about tier four down the bottom here. Not that we're in tier four, of course, because that's London. Anyway, oh, God. Right. Stick with the program, Jay, because you're waffling. I've been told I waffle. I don't know where they get that from. I've been told. Anyway, I'm answering the question. How long after BBA surgery can I go on a long-haul flight? Well, the there's two aspects to that question. The first aspect is whether you absolutely have to go on a long-haul flight. So the answer is depends on what you read what the reason for going on a long-haul flight is so if you have to go absolutely have to go on a long-haul flight if you have surgery so if you have a breast augmentation and then the following day your you know relative gets ill and you need to get on a long-haul flight come hell or high water you can get on the long-haul flight they're not going to stop you from getting on a long-haul flight so you can get on a long-haul flight straight away after the surgery i wouldn't recommend it for several reasons. The first reason is DVT, the clots in your legs that can fly off into your lungs. Going on a long haul flight is, in it, is a risk factor for that. So you don't want to multiply up your risk factors. Having surgery is a risk factor. And then so you don't want to go have surgery and then go on a flight because it's multiplying up your risk factors. But also it's going to be really uncomfortable. It's going to be sore. It's going to be tight. And you might get complications. You might get problems and you don't want to be far away if you've got com uh, complications or problems. So under normal circumstances, if you're planning to go away on a holiday or something like that, I would say the minimum is six weeks. The minimum is six weeks because then you're starting to feel a bit more comfortable and uh, the swelling will start to go down and you'll feel, a, you know, you feel a bit better. You'll still be a bit uncomfortable. So it won't feel great. So the longer you leave it, the better. If you can leave it a few months, that will be better. I'd say three months would be when things really properly start to settle down. But if you really want to know when the soonest is, I would say six weeks would be the soonest. I would consider doing something like that uh, on a normal planned basis would be my answer. Uh, Tracy, I like the snow. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Tracy. And Christine Leiden Carlyle. 
why do you have to stop vitamins before surgery? Is it necessary to stop two weeks before surgery? I have vitamin B12 injection after sleeve gastrectomy in 2018. Will I have to miss my injection out the month before surgery? Will this have a negative effect on me? Thanks. Right, Christine, this goes back to the initial question about the uh, pill because I, it, it does depend on the surgeon. So there are side effects for all medications. So there's side effects for the pill and there'll be side effects in the medication that you're on. And so the concern is that the side effects might have an adverse effect on the surgery in general terms. That's why in general terms, people will ask you to stop things before surgery. Personally, I don't think I was asked you to stop vitamins before surgery personally, but the way you're phrasing the question suggests someone has asked you to stop your vitamins before the surgery so you better ask that person so whoever your doctor is who said you should stop them you better say to them why is that um and you know do you need to do anything in the meantime to sort of cover yourself um but um i don't think i would ask you and if i if you, I, I would probably talk to the doctor who's looking after your vitamin b12 injections to say we think you're doing surgery is it is that okay is there anything we need to do to optimize your condition would be my angle on that one so yeah, speak to the person who uh, is asked, is telling you to stop it. Um, would I have to plan my menstrual cycle around my thigh lift surgery? Wow, uh, no, nope, no, you wouldn't. No, just just carry on with your menstrual cycle and uh, sometimes people do come to surgery and it is an awkward timing with in terms of their menstrual cycle um, and that's fine um, there's the sort of um, there's the sort of discomfort of it which can be a bit, bit of a nuisance uh, and sometimes people worry if they're having breast surgery because breasts can be swollen and things. I think is that going to affect things? And the answer is no. So not from a, uh, a, a effect from your body shape, and not from effect from the um, from the, the the discomfort of the of the, the, the that. It's fine. <laughs> so it's fine. Uh, but I would say if you want to postpone your surgery, if if uh, it's inconvenient for you, you always can. But from a medical point of view, no, you don't need to. That is fine. Tracy Joan, I'm 52. Tracy Joan, a bit like George Michael, that, isn't it? You know, two, I bet the people call you Joan when that's actually a surname. Um, uh, what's happening on Instagram? Press wrong button and smileys came up. You can't go wrong with smileys, Kim. Can't go or don't never apologize for the smiley. Um, what's Tracy got? I am 52 um, and I would like a tummy tuck with lipo, but I also have osteoarthritis. Would this be a problem? Not at all, Tracy. Not at all. No. No, I mean, the only, I mean, simple answer, no. The only time where arthritis might be something that I would probably be um, concerned about or, or asking about would be arthritis in the neck because of the intubation, because they have to do that, the intubation. But I think that's more rheumatoid will affect the neck rather than osteo. Osteo usually affects the large joints, um, like hips and knees and things. But um, no, I mean, we'd want to get you up and mobilizing as soon as possible, which obviously might be a bit uncomfortable if you've got arthritis of your hips and knees. But in terms of uh, having a, being a problem with the tummy tuck, no, we, you know, we just get you moving as much as possible. So uh, not at all, Tracy, not at all. Absolutely fine. Uh, Kim, my mum has a hiatus. So this is on Instagram now. That was on Facebook. It's on Instagram. Hashtag Ask JJ. So Kim, 
uh, gets the award should hand out awards for the first person. Well, everyone should be using it, by the way, in case you hadn't noticed. Hashtag AskJJ is the appropriate hashtag. But anyway, uh, thank you for that, Kim. My mum has a hiatus hernia and is wanting a tummy tuck. I've been told it's not routinely repaired, but would you fix it for her if she came to you? No, I wouldn't, Kim. Um, I wouldn't fix not a hiatus hernia. So you can, um, if you can imagine, can you imagine the bowel, the abdominal contents? The, ab the abdominal contents are, are, are held in by your spine at the back, your diaphragm at the top, your anterior abdominal wall at the front, and your pelvic floor at the bottom. That encases your abdominal contents. A hernia is when some of the bowel contents protrude outside of that, that confinement. So um, the common hernias are inguinal hernias, femoral hernias, sometimes um, umbilical hernias around your belly button, sometimes incisional hernias around the around a scar in the area. And the common ones are at the front of your abdomen, on the anterior abdominal wall, a bit of bowel poking through your abdominal wall, um, causing a, a bulge around your tummy, around your belly button, or something like that. That is routinely fixed when you do a tummy tuck because you're at the anterior abdominal wall, you're there. You cut it, you're taking out that big bit of um, skin and fat in the anterior abdominal wall. A hiatus hernia is a hernia of your stomach through your diaphragm. So it's the top, it's inside, it's inside your bowel. You have to go into the bowel to get the, the stomach back down. The stomach is herniating through the diaphragm. So you don't actually see that when you do a tummy tuck surgery. So you can't repair a hiatus hernia when you're doing a tummy tuck. You can repair an umbilical hernia, or an anterior abdominal wall hernia, which would be a bulge that you could see in your tummy. But a hiatus hernia, you can't see a bulge. It's inside. It's your stomach herniating through your diaphragm up into your um, uh, into your thorax. So it's 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 in internally inside. Need some kind of model really to describe it. So no one could repair a hiatus hernia at the time of a tummy tuck. You'd have to enter the abdomen to do anything to enter the abdominal contents to get in there to pull the stomach down again um so she should get it fixed before question mark or just leave it as it is not bothering her thank you for answering she sat beside me tonight um yes i would either way kim i mean if you the only thing i'd say is if she's thinking of getting it fixed before if if it's not bothering her and if it's not a thing to be fixed then it doesn't have to be fixed before a, a, a tummy tuck at all it's it's uh, fine to carry on. A lot of people have a uh, hiatus hernia, which is controlled on medical um, treatment. If she is thinking of having it fixed, they might make scars on her abdomen. But then these days, I think they often do it laparoscopically um, with a sort of keyhole. Um, and those scars would be, you know, would be moved if she went on to have a tummy tuck afterwards. Um, but it's slightly academic whether she has it done before or after Kim. It's, uh, but if it's not bothering her, then yeah, just carry on and maybe carry on with the medical treatment if she's just on medication for that. But uh, yeah, can't be fixed at the time of a tummy tuck. Um, and I would suggest if it's not bothering her, just carry on, leave it, leave it, leave it be, leave it be. Kelly says, hi, hi, Kelly. If I, if I have pernicious anemia, I'm on B12 injection. If having a gastric sleeve, do I need to up the dose? Um, Kelly, I don't do that sort of stuff, Kelly. The, the gastric sleeves and the um, uh, gastric bypass and, and what's called bariatric surgery uh, for people who are trying to lose weight is what's called a bariatric surgeon. 
and that's usually a general surgeon who's trained who's sub-specialized in bariatric surgery so it's not my bag kelly so you better talk to a bariatric surgeon so often the bariatric surgeons will do their bariatric surgery and then will get referred to us for the body contouring surgery but i don't do a gastric sleeve <clears throat> gastric bands gastric bypasses don't do any of that it's a different specialty it's a general surgeon who's usually trained in bowel surgery inside the bowel so a hiatus hernia that's a general surgeon you know those people uh, operate inside the bowel and that's a different surgical specialty to plastic surgery and it's not my um not my ting not my ting uh tracy joan merry christmas let's hope 2021 will be a better year can't be much worse can it tracy let's face well i shouldn't say that because i was thinking about this well, I think alien alien invasion is the next, isn't it? I think, you know, you say it can't get much worse. You thought, oh, Brexit was bad. Then you had the coronavirus. And you thought, oh, God, it can't get much worse. I'm thinking alien invasion. That would be worse, wouldn't it? We'll look back at coronavirus and think, crikey, give us the coronavirus anytime. We've got flipping alien invasion now. I've been watching ancient aliens. I've been watching too much TV, haven't I? I've been watching ancient aliens, UFOs declassified. Um... Anyway, so I won't say it can't get much worse because obviously it could if the aliens came down and they were hostile. Or worse, we're hostile towards them, like on the movies. You know, if we're hostile first, then, you know. Kelly, I forgot. Yeah, I don't do, yeah. Um, what's going on? Thank you. My private journey, good to see you. Low folate levels, can someone still have a tummy tuck? Uh, yeah, I mean, things like low folate um, levels... Any low um, uh, sort of vitamins or uh, essential elements, then I would say that needs to be addressed because you need to maximize your healing if you're having a big op like a tummy tuck. So as long as you're on supplements and as long as it's being addressed and it's optimized, that's what we want. We want you to be optimized in an optimized situation. If you're not optimized, then you shouldn't have this sort of surgery. It's elective planned surgery. So you want to get optimized first. But um, if it's being addressed and it's a chronic problem, a long-term problem, then yes, then you can still have a tummy tuck. That's absolutely fine. But you need to do, get yourself in the best situation possible. Thank you, Jackie, for that. <laughs> I'm assuming, this, I think we're working on Instagram now, Jackie, but thank you for that. She's got, she's found the alien emojis. Good. Right. Where are we going? Where are we going? Sorry, my mum's asking so much. Yeah, carry on, mum. Mum of Kim, carry on. Crack on. That's what we're here for. I say we, just me. Well, meanwhile, Kim's mum, I'm going to do another one here. We've done the menstrual cycle one. We're going to do a shave one here. Does a shave leave less of a scar compared to full excision? Um, again, I'm going to I'm going to get to the point because I've been told I don't get to the point. So I'm going to try and get to the point. Yes. Okay. Yes. But I'm now going to qualify it. So a couple of things. First of all. Not all um, moles are, are suitable for a shave. There's two criteria, really. One, it has to be raised. If it's not raised, you can't do a shave. Two, it has to be benign, or at least you have to think it's benign. If it was any worry that it might not be benign, if it's any worry that it was a cancer, you'd want to cut it out. 
So if it's benign and it's raised, then you can qualify for a shave. Now, the volume of scarring is slightly less. So a shave will leave a scar the size of the base of the lesion, whereas an excision will leave a line and it's stitched up. But I think broadly speaking, yeah, volume of scarring a shave does leave less because the excision, you make it slightly longer because you have to make it into an ellipse. Uh, it also depends on where it is. Sometimes if a excision lies in one of the lines, like in the nasolabial fold or... Um, or you know, in a nice crease or somewhere, then you can get a, a, a you know, this, uh, sometimes if you've got some lines on your forehead, then you can get a, a nice result from a, from an excision. But um, yeah, broadly speaking, I would say it does, yeah. yeah. All other things being equal. My private journey, when would you advise starting to use weights after having a TT with MR? I'm almost eight weeks post-op, weights in the gym. Now, didn't I talk to you the other day? Anyway, yeah, now I think uh, around the sort of six-week mark, I say people can start doing stuff like weight. Basically, and this is my, I think I'm, I've reason to believe this is my patient. So if it's my patient, that's, then I will give you advice directly. If, but don't take this if you're, you know, having surgery with someone else. In my practice, around six weeks, I say people can start to do anything they want within reason listen to your body if it hurts then don't do it if your body says goodness me that hurts that swells don't do it but um and in general terms you can do anything you want so you can start doing gym i started cv because you're using your tlas aren't you they're not or they're not well, i suppose t they are still t two lifter abbreviations i started cv what's that but a bit cautious about weights yeah i mean listen to your body and if it hurts, then back off. Now, obviously, weights is going to be working on your core, and so it might hurt, it might swell. If it hurts and swells, back off and start low. Start low, start slow, and see how you feel. Don't go into these big things and then and give yourself time to adjust because often you can do a session in the gym and think that wasn't too bad, and then later on that night you get a load of swelling and it really hurts. There can be a bit of a delayed reaction there. So just you know, take it easy to start with, but everything's pretty strongly... Um, cardio everything's pretty strongly uh, knitted together now and so you can start to get into stuff like that but if it does hurt then just slowly you know back off and, and start slow and see how you go how long do you advise to use the binder after a tummy tuck i advise a month day and night and then see how you feel and if you're going to do weights and stuff like that it's good maybe to put it back on again or if you're going to go out to the shops and have a busy day you might want to put it back on again but a month day and night and then see how you go sometimes in this weather people want to carry on wearing it sometimes in the height of summer people can't wait to get rid of it but um uh, uh, uh things don't really start to settle in in terms of the swelling and things around three months but i think three months is a long time to wear it so as a compromise i normally say a month uh, day and night is where I am with that. Where I am. Uh, got a lot of questions. Got a lot of questions. Do I need to book the day after my minor op off work? No. Well, it depends what you do. I wouldn't. Well, would I? Maybe I would if I had a big scar over my face. Maybe I'll be back to work, but. Not necessarily. I mean, you might have a, if, if it's on your body, then no. If it's on your face, you might have stitches on your face and we can give you some tape to cover it up. But no, you don't need to put your day off. You can, you know, you can if you want, but you don't have to. Well, obviously, you can if you want, but you ask if you don't have to. Aren't you? Can I have local anesthetic when pregnant? Yes, you can. I mean, as a rule, we try to tend to avoid operating on people when they're pregnant. As a general rule, I think most pregnant women don't want stuff. They don't want you know medication they don't want things so most pregnant women don't want 
to have anything like local anesthetic or anything but if you have to you can but um i think i think we i think most people would try and avoid it just because you don't want to have people injecting stuff in your body when you're pregnant really but uh, yes you can it, it is safe to have during pregnancy but um the, you know you normally avoid it just because I think pregnant people do avoid having injections. Things. Um, would I be able to have caffeine after my general anesthetic procedure? Yes, you would. Now, the only thing is if you're having, sorry, after my general anesthetic procedure, I think local. Yeah, absolutely fine. Why not? Yeah. Cup of tea? Definitely. Flip an egg after a GA. I mean, obviously, sometime after to start with water and things, but that evening, nice old cup of tea. Whew. Defo. Yeah, absolutely. Good question, that. What we got here? Are you allowed to say how old is the oldest patient you've had? Mum is worrying she's too old. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure I am allowed to say how old the oldest patient I, I have had is. Uh, I just don't know what it is. Certainly in terms of um, things like tummy, like cosmetic surgery, it's not unusual. People in their 60s, have I had people in their 70s? Not sure. Um, breast reconstruction and things, obviously. Um, maybe not obviously, but older. So for breast reconstruction, definitely had a few patients in the 70s because I think they did a, a newspaper article on it. I had a 76-year-old and had a couple of people with breast, breast reconstruction in their 70s. These days, age is less of a problem and we go more on how you are. So if you're physically fit, if you're out and about, then uh, it's less of an issue. And if you're not physically fit, but you're 40, then it might be more of an issue sort of thing. Because these days, she's in her 60s, yeah? I mean, it, we would, I mean, there'd be a discussion there. It's a big op. Uh, I think it's the time we're talking about. Uh, it is a big op, and it's something to consider because uh, it will knock you back. And you might think, you know what, I can't be bothered with that. And, you know, my tummy doesn't bother me that much, so I don't want to go through it uh, because of all the complications. But you might think, you know what, my tummy really does bother me, and I'm happy to go through it. And... You know, uh, just the fact that you're in the 60s is not in itself a contraindication as long as you're generally fit and well and able to, you know, get out and about and uh, have got a reasonably good exercise tolerance. So, uh, Tummy and breasts. So if having them both together, that's quite a big op. But, you know, it's a discussion and we can certainly have the discussion. And um, as I say, the age in itself is not a contraindication. We'll be absolutely fine. Um, so we'd have that uh, conversation with you. So, yeah, um, there's, there's, these days, you know, age is creeping up for sort of normal you know so 60s is fine absolutely fine in itself hold on we've got a quick sorry what's this uh donna hope you are sorted with the primo prezies this year hope to see you in the new year i will see you be heading our way soon to Yes, Donna. Um, I am Donna, actually. I am. And I think the last couple of years I have been guilty of a bit of a Christmas Eve present buying. Um, there probably will still be minimal Christmas Eve present buying. I'll be honest with you, Donna. But it's not proper big presents. I think I'm, pre I'm pretty good this year, Donna. I am pretty good. And, uh, yeah, I think I probably was operating, wasn't I, on Christmas Eve one day. <laughs> I had to go, go to the shops on the way home. But, uh, yeah, pretty sorted this year, Donna, because I think we're all doing it online, aren't we? Uh, although I'm not. I've done quite a bit in the shops last weekend. I went, went and got quite a bit of stuff. But, yeah, pretty good. Uh, Kim, how does she book an appointment? Call me, Kim. Call me. Yeah, call me. Or you can Instagram me. Or you can get on the website, 
put an inquiry in um, just put an inquiry in the website um, if you if you say request a callback or or there's a thing that says request a price or something just request a price and it will um, they'll, they'll give you a call I think there's loads of things or just put a note uh, what's it a message in Instagram saying how do I book an appointment and then put your phone number in and they'll phone you or you phone us four five four three six eight oh not now obviously not there but tomorrow phone us tomorrow we're all there tomorrow we're going strong am i going to be discharged with prescriptive drugs on the day of surgery or do i need to buy paracetamol and ibuprofen before good question that is a good question you know i don't think we make a big enough deal about this so yes and yes so yes you are going to be discharged with prescriptive drugs after the day of surgery or on the day of surgery i'm thinking we're talking about bigger bigger surgeries but i've got to be honest with you i like paracetamol and ibuprofen i always recommend it on them on my personal instructions so i say paracetamol and ibuprofen are the, are the drugs that i like uh and we don't i don't think i'm pretty sure we don't give you those so we sort of assume you've got those what we give you is the ones that you can't buy like the codeine phosphate and the codeine oh yeah codeine um, which i don't like it's a stronger painkiller so sometimes you need a stronger painkiller and um so yes we do give it to you but uh, the normal drugs we assume you've got so make sure you've got ibuprofen and paracetamol at home uh, and we will discharge you with stronger stuff if you need it but you might not need it and uh, it's better not to take it i think um styano staff are brilliant at responding thanks my private journey thank you that's good to hear that's good to hear I look like boy George in the hat. I've got to be honest with you, Donna, no offence. Boy George wasn't the look I was going for. Um, I was going for more of a Clint Eastwood look, but I'll take it. I'll take boy George. It's okay. I'll take that. <laughs> um, I'll take that. Uh, we've done that one. Um, have minor op operations been affected by new COVID restrictions? No. Well... Only in terms of the spacing, we have to have spacing between the cases, so we we can't do as many in a day. But I've got to be honest with you, we never did that many in a day anyway. Um, I usually do them as see and treat appointments, so we we book them in the normal clinic. So I often see people in between the minor ops rather than having a specific minor ops list. So um, so in that in those terms, it hasn't really been affected. So we can do a minor op, and then I go and see a patient as long as the room's free for. I don't know, half an hour, an hour or something in between for the air change, then we can see another patient do another minor up later on the same day. So, uh, yeah, no, they haven't um, they haven't been affected. In, oh, sorry, oh, oh interesting, model. okay. Um, I'm in tier four because it's a medical procedure. What about with drugs, Birmingham? Tattoo removal. No, you must stay at home to, stay, to protect your... Right, okay, so I think that's our answer. To, that's really our answer. Now, you must stay at home to protect you both yourself and the staff, but please do get in touch when the tears change. Okay, so that's how we answered it, is it? Okay. Um, well, when the lockdown, the second lockdown, well, the first lockdown we closed, the second lockdown, medical clinics were able to stay open. And so medical um, visits were exempt from the second lockdown. Now, the crossing tiers thing is there's, I guess, can you by the letter of the law come because medical uh, treatments are sort of um, are, are deemed essential slash should you come because is it 
essential and you know is it right for the health of the nation and for yourself and for us for you to be coming to, to, to you know crossing the tiers so if it's a if it's obviously if you've had a procedure and you've got a problem you can cross tiers you can come you know even if we lock down again you can come if you've got a medical issue or a problem um you're definitely welcome to come and you don't have to um uh, stay at home sort of thing we we will see you but if it's not an urgent thing so i think this is probably uh, in fact i'm pretty sure this is a person pre-op who hasn't had the procedure was wondering whether she should come from london to have a tattoo removal and i think the advice is that you know i think if you can stay at home it's probably best to uh, particularly going from a tier four to a tier three because birmingham's tier three at the moment um so yeah it's about trying to do what's safe for everybody but as i say if you have to come you can so if you've had your tattoo removal for instance and you've got a problem with your wound and you live in london you can come to see us in birmingham so it, it can be done but you we we have to question what the circumstances are and whether it needs to be done and whether it can be delayed so if you've got a problem that you're if you're worried about your skin lesion or something like that you can still come but uh, if it can be delayed, it might be better to be delayed. Um, Susan Russell, uh, how are you doing, Susan? What are your thoughts on blood builders like EPO boost to increase hemoglobin for pre and pro-stop low iron? Blimey, Susan. Sounds like um, Lance Armstrong, that flipping heck. EPO boost? Uh, no, don't like the thought of it, Susan. Don't know much about it, full disclosure. Uh, the worry about doing something that would do that, would, I would worry that it would increase the viscosity of your blood and increase the risk of clotting. Um, so no, I think if you've got low iron, I think having iron supplements is fine. But I think uh, you, that's in terms of doing things to increase what's called the hematocrit. So there's blood cells and and plasma in blood there's sort of watery stuff and the blood cells so if you're just increasing your blood cells and not doing anything to the plasma you're going to make it more viscous and you're increasing the hematocrit and so i would worry about increasing the risk of clots so it is not something that i would do or or um or recommend the thing about having a low iron or being anemic in general is whether it's an acute or chronic problem if it's acute problem if you've just recently had something where you're bleeding from somewhere and you're feeling run down tired lethargic you probably shouldn't have surgery you should get that looked at you should get the source maybe treated and maybe get iron supplements and, and try and get back up to speed but some people have got a chronic condition that gives them a low iron uh, or, or an anemia rather and they're functioning very well and as long as you're functioning very well then you know that's fine obviously we've got to look at your hemoglobin pre and post-op and look if you have any drop in your blood level to see if you lose blood if we need to replace it but that's the same with any operation you know if you've homeostased yourself to a lower uh, iron level or, or, a, or an anemic situation then you know that's okay so i wouldn't want to sort of artificially boost it because that could potentially I would worry about making the blood sort of thicker, if you like, and increasing your risk of clotting. Uh, but uh, if it's some specific problem, if there's something individual problem, what we'd probably do is, and if you're under a hematologist, we talk to the hematologist and take advice from an expert on blood, because I'm not an expert on blood, uh, and see what they said. So that's where I'd be going. I'd probably be talking to a, an expert to see whether they thought that was a good idea. But just on the face of it, I would say, don't particularly like the sound of it, uh, Susan, personally. 
Christine, hi, is it common to need a blood transfusion after some duck and breast lift without implants? No. Very uncommon, Christine, very uncommon. I mean, I, I have, I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm sure I have given people a blood transfusion. So is it unheard of? No, it's not unheard of. Um, but, you know, once every few years. And even then, they're usually situations where they've lost a bit of blood, they're feeling a bit tired, lethargic, a bit run down. And you say to them, look, if I give you a blood transfusion, you'll feel better much more quickly. You don't need a blood transfusion. If you don't want a blood transfusion, it'll probably take you probably a few weeks and maybe months to get back up to those levels. So a blood transfusion will do it quicker. And you might say, yeah, let's do it. We might say, no, I don't fancy it. So it's usually a sort of a discussion and elective thing. Uh, and it's very uncommon. Um, but, but, it, but it's out there, but very uncommon. Um, thanks. Love the hat. Thank you. Um, Kim, could my 13-year-old have a little mole removed just above his top lip? He absolutely hates it, but I'm not sure if he's too young. Um, yeah, yes, he could, Kim. The problem with the clinic is that we're not allowed to treat children. So we couldn't treat him. It's a bit of a thing we've had recently. I mean, we've got pediatric surgeons, we've got pediatric nurse. So we've got all the expertise there. But it's a bit of a, a, a bureaucratic um, minefield treating children, unfortunately. Uh, even like 15, 16, 17, 18, I think, eight, well, seven, 18 is okay, <laughs> 17, you know, 16-year-old, which is sort of, let's face it, they're sort of pretty adult-sized. Um, so we can't do it at the clinic. So you, you, could, you could have been removed, and surgically we can do it. We can cut moles off children, but we can't, we're not allowed to do it at the clinic. So my recommendation, Kim, would be talk to your local private hospital to talk to them about it, but it, it does come with quite a lot of issues actually um, when you try and do things to children. Um, there's a lot of um, sort of bureaucracy around it. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, thank you, thank you all. Um, can I still have surgery in six months time? Oh, here we go. I'm keen to have a mummy makeover with JJ, but have been put on blood thinners, warfarin, since having a stroke. Would this still be possible? Yeah. Yeah, and you're probably better off if you're. So, is that what's the content to this question? So, does that mean that your warfarin is gonna you're gonna be on warfarin for six months? So, if you're only on warfarin for a period of time, then you're better off waiting till you've finished your. You know, when you're off the warfarin, um, because uh, the warfarin will make it more likely to uh, bleed. Because uh, that's the good thing about warfarin; it thins your blood. But obviously, obviously, you have surgery on warfarin. It is; it does make it a little bit more difficult. You can have surgery if you're on warfarin, but it does make it a little bit more difficult, especially a big op like a mummy makeover. So, yeah, I would say it's better off to have it in six months once you the dust has settled and uh, and uh, you're a bit more stable with your medication, particularly if they think you're taking you off your warfarin. Because it would be better to be off warfarin, to be quite honest with you, having a mummy makeover by quite some margin. It would be a lot better to be off warfarin. I wouldn't be very comfortable doing it with someone on warfarin because the risks of bleeding are quite high. Um, so, yeah, that's absolutely fine. See you in six months. Um Kim, go see a GP. Our GP has said my 15-year-old can be referred to have a mole removed. There you go. How hard is the recovery of on-block implant removals? Um, hi, Mariana. Uh, well, if it is just that, just on-block implant removals, not bad at all. Um, if you're not having any sort of uh, any other sort of surgery, like having implants put back in again, um, 
so yeah, you can definitely have the implants removed and on block uh, implies the, the capsule being removed as well. Uh, and that's absolutely fine. Um, not, not too bad. I mean, obviously putting implants in and doing lifts and things is tight and what have you, but having them out is, is not quite so bad. So it's obviously a surgical procedure, scar and things, but you said that the, the recovery is pretty good if you just have the implants removed and not replaced. Um, and psychologically, you have to come to terms with the lack of volume, lack of shape, etc. But physically, it's not too bad, Mariana. Um, what do we got? I, last question, by the way. Ho, 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 last question before Christmas. Unless you've got any questions, in which case, by all means, ask away. I have a BMI of 16. Would I still be suitable for breast augmentation surgery? Good question. We've had a couple, we've had literally a couple, quite literally two patients with BMIs of 16. Um, so yes is the answer to that because we've just done two literally in the last month or maybe two months done two patients both of whom had a BMI 16 um, probably last month really so yeah it's fine uh, and were they both uh, one was definitely local yeah both local and sedation um, so yeah uh, it's definitely fine it's definitely fine. I mean, the other thing is a bit like anything. You need to be optimized for surgery. So if you're losing weight, if you're, you know, in a sort of bad place in terms of your weight management, then you want to be in a good place in terms of your weight management. That's if your BMI is low or your BMI is high. But if you're stable and, uh, you know, you, that's always been your weight and you're stable and you're happy with your weight like that, then in itself, a BMI of 16 is not a problem. Did it right any more for any more i've got got, got got films to watch what what we've got here um have a great christmas nice use of emojis what emojis are going on there wow what's that one there all the best for 2021 yeah fingers crossed we don't get an alien invasion you heard it here first i hope i haven't jinxed 2021 i do hope so i'm sorry i said that please no just with we've got enough with the corona uh, let's not have an alien invasion 2021. Susan, look at all these people. This is what it is. Come on, Susan. Merry Christmas to you. I will see. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do it next Tuesday. I can't face it between Christmas and New Year. Sorry. I'll be, I, I can see me forgetting what day it is. You know what it's like when in that, that twilight zone. But definitely the week after. What's that? Will that be January sometime? Uh, let's get the old. Yeah, I'll definitely do it January. When is it? January the 5th. Yeah. 5th of Jan, 2021. See you there. My private journey. Merry Christmas and thank you for my beautiful tummy and perfect belly button. Look at that, eh? Look at that. If only you could see that in uh, Facebook, it's on Instagram. That's the sort of publicity we need. Thank you. You're very welcome. And thank you very much for appreciating the artistry of the belly button. Yeah, you can't underestimate the belly button in a tummy tuck. It's very important. Spend a lot of time getting the belly button right. 2021 hopefully will be the year you write your book of procedures in the coffee shop. I have written it, um, Kim, but I haven't been to the coffee shop, have I? I know, it's a shocker, that. How long have I been talking about that? God, dear. That is a shocker. I'm not happy about that. Um, look at that. Jackie says, thank you for another great Q&A. Thank you for being a staunch supporter, Jackie, keeping the numbers up. Right. That's it. 2020. Last one of 2020. Thank the Lord. 2020. Get, get out of here. Right, let's uh, look at that. Tori's joined. Nice to see you, Tori. 
Got a question for a plastic surgeon right here? Ask away. If not, I'm off in a minute because I've um, just done a Q&A just now. Had loads of questions. Um, so I will see you all 5th of Jan um, right here. Have a fantastic Christmas, everybody. And I will sign off. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And I'll see you 5th of January 2021. See you there. Stop streaming. See you there. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.